Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode to the Let's Talk Tenkara podcast. I am once again joined by Aaron Kerr. Aaron, it's been a little while since we visited. Uh, Nice to see you again. Yeah, you too, man. So, some of you might be wondering why we've got a repeat guest on, and that is because I am super excited about two trips that Aaron did recently, and we want to talk about them. Uh, the first being, Aaron, you went to Alaska with the Tenkara Rod. Yeah, man. Um, I took uh, five rods with me, but I really only used two. Okay, so which rods did you take and which ones did you end up using? Um, so I took the Wasatch Rodzilla, the Wasatch Phoenix Rising, and then I took two... Uh, Tinkara Rodco Rocky Rods, and then I took my Riverworks ZX4 Pro. Okay. Uh, I used the Riverworks um, and the Phoenix Rising. All right. So, when you were planning this trip to Alaska, what were your target species you had in mind? I mean, obviously, everyone thinks Alaska, they think salmon. Yeah. Um, I wasn't really specifically targeting salmon per se. I just kind of figured. I'm going to be fishing in Alaska. I'm going to catch salmon. So I'm not going to make that a goal. Um, my original intention was Dolly Varden, Arctic grayling, maybe some Arctic char. Um, and the salmon were just kind of like on the backlog for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So what did you end up achieving in this trip as far as species? So, uh, I, I was staying with my aunt and uncle. Uh, they have a, a house that runs along Peters Creek, or their land runs along Peters Creek, rather. Um, I had read online that it's full of Dolly Varden and uh, several different salmon species run up in there, too. Uh, when I got there, I am not used to <laughs> glacial water. So <laughs> I saw the creek, or to me, it's a small river. Um, it was swift like very swift more than i'm used to and even like the super shallow water like barely ankle deep it was like kind of like gray blue silty glacial color so i couldn't tell how deep the water was and it kind of freaked me out so tried to fish it just couldn't do it i mean i I fished like maybe two little spots where i found a good spot to cast but um so I kind of gave up on that creek, even though I was staying on land right behind it. Uh, th- the first actual fishing day, um, my uncle, my cousin, and I hiked into Chugach National Park up to Symphony Lake and absolutely waylaid the grayling. Um, that's where I used the ZX4 Pro uh, from Riverworks. But I think I caught 30-ish, maybe a little more that day. That's insane. That's one of my target species. We do have them in Utah. I just haven't taken the time to hike up into the lakes that have them. <laughs> yeah, and I was super happy to get uh, grayling in their native range, too. Um, yeah. I know they they were originally stocked up there, so I guess they're technically uh, wild, but they are native to that area. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then... Uh, I ended up catching a pink salmon in Resurrection Bay off of Sawmill Creek. 
And uh, sorry, there's a wasp walking up to me. <laughs> Get away. <laughs> um, and then I ended up getting a silver salmon or coho, as some people would know them as, in uh, the Aklutna River Tail Race. So okay. I didn't get any char um, of any sort, but that's okay because I it's just an excuse to go back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know when most people think of Tenkara, we think small fish. I mean, we talked about this a little bit when we had you on previously. Um, but what drew you to decide to use your Tenkara rod in Alaska? Um, I mean, well before I started planning this trip, I was already kind of moved away from using reels in general. Right. So when I started planning this trip, I was like, well, I I'd also, let me, let me back up a little bit. I'd seen some videos from Tinkara Rodco. I'd seen pictures from guys with the Wasatch Rodzilla that had caught King salmon and, uh, dollies and all these other cool things. So, I mean, I knew it was possible because people have already done it. Right. So, uh, I decided I already had the Rodzilla when I started planning the trip and I already had a Rocky rod. So I was like, well, that's probably what I'll be taking up. Well, some guy, I, I forget who it was. I'm sorry if I, if you're seeing this and you told me about this, but he was like, you need to bring more than one rod. You're going to break a rod. And I was like, okay. So uh, a Christmas um, sale came up on Tinkara Rodco. I got an extra Rocky. So I would have two of those and the Rodzilla. Then uh, Ruben from Wasatch announced the Phoenix Rising. And I was like, oh, dude, that spay handle is exactly what I wanted out of the Rodzilla and didn't get getting that rod for Alaska. Um, I think it came about a week and a half before I flew out. And I was like, oh, thank God I got it in time. Yeah, but, I remember uh, uh, I was talking to Ruben and he was like, yeah, the that rod should be shipping this week. And I'm like, dude, I think Aaron is leaving for Alaska like next week. Yeah, <laughs> oh my like, gosh, dude. I was, I was freaking out a little bit. I was like, I, I even messaged Ruben. I was like, dude, if I'm already gone for Alaska and it hasn't shipped out yet, would you be willing to ship it to my aunt's house in Alaska? <laughs> he was like, yeah, man, I got you. But it, it ended up getting here in the nick of time. <laughs> yeah, as soon as he as soon as he was like, yeah, it should be here on Monday. I'm going to get him sh- uh, shipped out on like Tuesday. I'm like, hey, as long as you've got it shipped to Aaron <laughs> in time, that's all I care about. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, but it, it got here in time and uh, I got two different salmon species on it and it was a blast. So. <laughs> so, yeah, let's let's dive into those salmon species a little bit. You mentioned pink and coho. So talk to me about the pink salmon. Um, so the pink salmon, also known as humpies, they're the ones that get the big humpbacks. Uh, sorry, my daughter came outside. <laughs> yeah. Um, so pink salmon, also known as humpies. Uh, that's the one I got in Resurrection Bay. That was in Seward, Alaska. Um, it's kind of a touristy, like cruise ship kind of area. Uh, people are snagging salmon in the bay everywhere. Um, there's all kinds of different restaurants and uh there's like a bit a really cool uh it's kind of like an aquarium but it's like a lot of different sea life like sea lions and seals and so uh the family went up there and just kind of screwed around in town for a bit we had maybe 
I don't know, two hours to fish for pinks. So we, we pulled off, uh, next to Sawmill Creek. Um, sorry if there's any Alaska locals that are super mad that I'm telling the secrets, but, uh, <laughs> Hey, we I'm don't tell them. there, right? We don't live there. We're good. <laughs> I'm, telling. <laughs> I'm telling. Uh, so, uh, we get there and, you know, <laughs> my uncle loved him to death. He was like, man, you ain't going to catch no salmon on that thing. You ain't going to catch no salmon on no flies. They don't eat anything. I was like, all right, I'm committing though. He was like, all right, man. Well, they're sitting over there snagging salmon left and right. And I'm watching them pull them up and I'm, I'm just, I'm just casting, 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 casting. I was running like a big pink, uh, a pink and white flashy conehead streamer. Um, and above that I had like a little green jig head streamer. So I was just kind of, I was trying to floss them. If you've ever heard that, yeah. uh, that term, but I'm not really sure if the whole, they aren't eating thing is true or not because uh, that salmon was hooked right in the corner of the mouth as if it had eaten the streamer. So I don't know if it had like a reaction strike or if I did floss it or what, but it was interesting. Um, I'll kind of, I'll kind of go into the comparisons I have between the two different salmon that I caught and trout. But, uh, so the pinks, they kind of act like a brown trout, how browns will kind of dig down. They don't want to come up. They want to dig down to the bottom. The pink did that. Well, the coho was the exact opposite, like a rainbow. They're acrobatic. So uh, that that little difference was really cool and, and familiar to me. But yeah, um, that pink salmon I caught was maybe 21 inches or so, something like that. Okay. Pretty nice fish. Yeah, I, I was actually, again, I was with Ruben when you posted the first picture of the pink. Mm -hmm. and so i i happened to be i was guiding a trip up in that area i had borrowed a rod from ruben went to return the rod and right before i had left uh from my trip i looked at facebook and saw that you had posted that picture and so i walked up to ruben's house and was like dude look at this have you seen this yet <laughs> and he, he lit up so much he was so excited to see his rod next to that pink <laughs> good man uh, I was, I won't say I was surprised that I got one. I, I kind of, I knew I was going to get one dude, but, um, it was, it took a little grinding to get it. So once I landed the fish, I was super happy with it. Yeah. Uh, I will say like, I mean, to your comment of, are they actually not eating or, or like growing up in Idaho, I went, uh, kokanee fishing all the time, but I'd wait until they'd start running up to spawn and everyone will tell you Oh, once they're spawning they're not eating well if you put something in front of their face enough times it pisses them off and they do strike <laughs> <laughs> and so, that's probably what happened to me then <laughs> yeah there, there's a good chance that he did bite that i would say because i've pissed off like i've got pictures on an old instagram that i don't have access to anymore that i mean we just fill stringers full of kokanee when they were running and everyone's like oh they don't bite you're gonna have to snag them and i was like no you just bounce that freaking lure or fly off of their nose enough times and they'll strike at it. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of, uh, like I said, I was trying that flossing technique Yeah, and I was casting kind of perpendicular to the stream. Mind you in, in this stream, you only have like, 
I want to say like 200 feet of actual Creek that you can fish and there's a sign. And above that, you're not allowed to fish there because they're supposed to be like safe from, for their spawning grounds. Um, so we had like maybe 200 feet of Creek on either side of this little peninsula. And then both sides of that, of course, spill out into the bay. So I was going perpendicular in the Creek on one side, fished around the bay into that other, uh, Creek mouth. And then from there, I was like, you know, this isn't really working. Um, I'm just going to do what I would do at home. I'm going to cast straight upstream and drag it straight down to me. Lo and behold, maybe, I don't know, 30 feet up from there. That's when I hooked into that pink. And I thought I was hooked on seagrass or something. Cause I was cleaning that stuff off constantly, dude, like every other cast. But, uh, it started digging down and running and I was like, Oh, Nope, I got one. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. Um, so we got the pink. That was pretty early in your trip, right? Uh, that was maybe midway through. Okay. Um, I, I had really three like full fishing days and I was only there for, uh, seven. I did try like a couple other times though. I right, so uh, just didn't get much those days. So you started out pretty early. Your first fishing day was you went up, slayed the Arctic grayling. Then oh yeah. <laughs> then we got the pink. Now talk to me about the coho. Yeah. So, uh, the Eklutna tail race, um, a little branch from the Eklutna river. Um, there's like a weird little, I don't know if it's like a hydroelectric dam or what. It's, it's like a little canal looking thing that is kind of separated from the main river. Um, so we went up to where the actual mouth of that is and fished all the way down. Didn't get anything. I mean, we were seeing like some little tiny fish and there was like some loons or something eating a bunch of little fingerlings of some sort, but, uh, just weren't getting anything. So we got down to where the, I, I guess just that little part is the tail race. I'm not really sure if I'm saying this right or not, but, uh, we got down to where it spills out into the main river and there was a ton of people, dude. I mean, I had never seen, uh, I, I guess some people call it combat fishing. You're shoulder to shoulder almost. Yeah. Um, so I, I've seen it worse in videos than like far worse than I was doing. But to me, that was like a ton of people. And I was just like, man, I'm not going to get anything <laughs> so i uh, you know i fished there a little bit and then uh my little cousin was like well hey there's like a little spot down the way a little bit uh if you want to walk down and try there instead so i kind of got down a little ways from where everybody was fishing um there was one guy that was kind of further out like i was but you know i was just sitting there casting and drifting by the way uh i had a flesh fly um Actually, I can show it on camera here in just a second. But I had a flesh fly um, with a split shot above that. And then I had a length of line, or a 0x tippet to both these flies, by the way. Uh, I had a length of 0x down to um, this big pink egg with a split shot above it as well. So it was a pretty heavy setup. Um, well, this silver took the flesh fly, which I've got right here. See if I can turn the camera around for you. That's the flesh fly. It's All supposed right. to mi mimic like a, a piece of flaking flesh off of a dead salmon. And then I had that big pink egg underneath it. But he took the flesh fly 
And the second I hooked him, dude, um, let me back up a little bit. So I kept hooking some grass or something and it, it was, it was kind of starting to feel bleak, but every time I hooked that grass or whatever it was I was hitting, I'd set that hook just in case, you know, hook sets yeah. are free. <laughs> so every episode setting, hook sets are free. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> setting that hook, recasting, setting that hook, recasting. And I had maybe like as wide as my foot of bank to stand on, mind you. Uh, <laughs> I was wearing hip waders and the river right in front of me was deeper than the hip waders could stand. So um, I'm just kind of walking along this little, not even a pathway, dude. It's it's almost nothing. <laughs> I hook this salmon and that thing launches like four or five feet in the air and then just darts downstream. So I'm running down <laughs> like eight or nine inches of ground, trying not to fall in, trying not to drop my rod, trying not to lose this fish. Uh, it starts jumping again, jumping again, running downstream again. And this guy down from me, he was fishing some really weird bait rig, <laughs> like this gigantic looking spinning plate thing i don't even know what any of that stuff's called oh they've got but, uh, speaking of that reel really quick they've got it's like called a free flow reel or something like that they look kind of like big fly reels and there's no gears in them they just free oh, a center pin yeah center pin yeah so no he, he was using like a like one of those old school like conventional not a bait caster but uh i don't even know what they're called Anyways, uh, what I'm talking about, he had this big, like, plate on his line, and then that was down to, like, a whole herring. <laughs> huh. I was just like, I don't know about that one, man. But anyways, <laughs> uh, I, I started telling my cousin to get the net, because he, he had the net in his bag. Well, he had put his bag in the car, and he was just watching me fish. And he was like, oh, it's in the car. And I was like, well, go get it. And he was like, but it's in the car. And I was like, get the net, get the net. <laughs> so he starts running to the car to get the net. And that other guy was like, you got a pretty good fish, man. And I was like, do you happen to have a net? And he was like, no, but if you bring him down here to me, I'll help you land him. So <laughs> I start running down to this guy and I, this guy's obviously never seen a rod with no reel on it before. He's like, well, bring him to me. And I'm like, I can't, I don't have a reel. <laughs> and he was like, well, then I can't help you. He was like, just start walking backwards. And I was like, okay. So I, I calmed down a little bit. I had both hands on the rod, you know, uh, Phoenix rising. Awesome. With those two handles, I'm walking backwards a little bit, walking backwards a little bit. This guy grabs my line, which made me super nervous, by the way, grabs my line and kicks the salmon up on the bank into a mud puddle. And I was just like, yes <laughs> yes the cool thing was though um where he had taken that flesh fly and started doing all those acrobatics and the egg was underneath it that egg had wrapped completely around his snout and like hooked into the bottom of his mouth so i had both hooks in him and he was not coming <laughs> off unless he broke that zero x <laughs> that's awesome i yeah i would be in the same boat probably with the net because i don't like carrying nets in my bag unless i have to <laughs> Oh man, I was, uh, I was not calm. I was freaking out a little bit. I did not want to lose that fish. Yeah. And you know, you talk about freaking out a little bit cause he grabs the line and that's something that people that don't tank car fish, they don't think about because I mean, with oh. a fly line, like you grab the line or whatever, it starts to fight away. Okay. You just let go and let it strip some line out and you're fine. 
But yeah. Most of my clients, when they lose fish, it's when they grab the net or grab the line. Excuse me. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I can't stand people grabbing the line. Honestly, like hand lining for me is something that's been very hard to learn. Um, I'm kind of getting it down a little bit. You just got to be delicate. And mm-hmm. if that line, if that fish tries to run, let the line slip through your fingers, use your fingers as the drag and then let the rod fight the fish. Exactly. Follow your fish, walk your fish. You got to walk your fish. <laughs> yeah. So. No, that's in my recent adventures that I've still not succeeded at that. We've talked about a little bit previously. Um, that's one of the things that it's like, well, I'm going to have to hand line it and like trying to prepare for being able to do that. And like with fish, when you get up to fish that big, it's hard to be ready because it's not like these little trout that are, you know, going to slowly pull this line out of your hand. You're, they're going to yeah. rip that sucker out of your hand faster than you know what's going on. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to be handlining that salmon, dude. There was no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting to think about. Um, when you were fishing for the salmon, what was your line length, your main line? I mean, were you using level line? Were you using furled line? Like, talk um, me through your setup here. Yeah, so um, I was using this, it's like 30-pound Dacron flybacking as my main line. I, I don't really like furled lines. Um, they're just problematic. If they get a knot in them, it's over. So uh, I started using this sing, just single strands of Dacron flybacking, and it's worked absolute wonders. I use 30-pound. So uh, I just run that down to a tippet ring, put on some zero X or three X or depending on what waters and what fish I'm fishing for. Right. Um, and it works just fine. Uh, it's really great for streamers cause it, it still gets saturated like a furled line would. So it it sinks and you know, you can still get deep with your flies. Um, I was using level line for the grayling though. Um, I prefer a fluorocarbon level line above and beyond anything else by far. Uh, I just like the Dacron for fishing streamers because it doesn't have any stretch in it. It's basically right. the same as fishing a furled line or braid or whatever you want to use. Um, so I, I just use it because I have full contact with the fish, right? Uh, so, yeah. Sweet. So, and you, you mentioned that for your salmon outings, you're using the Zero X mm-hmm. and then running two flies off of that. Um. Yeah, so uh, I was using two streamers for the pinks because I was flossing, quote unquote. Um, and then, of course, the flesh fly and the egg because I was trying to get those char. Uh, the tail race has supposedly got uh, also dollies and Arctic char in it. So that's what I was there fishing for. And I got that surprise silver salmon. <laughs> that's awesome. So definitely had a good trip to Alaska. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I, actually, I want to add something about the grayling trip. Yeah. Um, that, <laughs> that wasn't easy at all. Um, we, I forget how long it was. It, it was just under 12 miles, but that, that's a pretty long round hike for me. But even just aside from that, the last, uh, I want to say like the last mile and a half or even two, it's just a field of jagged rocks and it absolutely destroyed 
my ankles and knees. Um, I'm 29 going on 50 now, dude. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that part really sucked, but it was super worth it because we absolutely waylaid them. I caught 30 plus. Uh, my little cousin caught 15 or so on his Tenkara rod that I got for him for Christmas. Um, my uncle caught a bunch on his spinning rod and a bunch on my cousin's Tenkara rod. So it was cool to see them try the Tenkara out. <laughs> we got into a few rainbows up there too, which I was just like, eh, rainbows. Didn't come here I'm for here that. for grayling. <laughs> didn't hike this far That's over those jagged time. rocks for <laughs> Every time I've targeted grayling, I catch rainbows. And it's just like, gosh, dang it. I want a freaking grayling. Yeah, man. Um, but, yeah, we um, – so the main lake, it was interesting because you could see them kind of cruising the shallows. There was another lake right below that called Eagle Lake, and Eagle River flows out of that. The whole hike, you can see Eagle River, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Like this picturesque primordial Eden uh just winding through this valley with massive mountains surrounding you um which to me it was absolutely unlike anything i've ever seen because i'm from appalachia where the mountains are usually like mostly rounded off they're not super jagged like that but it was weird to see these actual gigantic peaks that were still covered in snow in july and august um and so we get up there to these lakes and it's like this bowl in the middle of these mountains that just has these lakes strewn through them with a river running through it. And there's all these little ponds and stuff all over the place. It was gorgeous. Um, but anyway, Symphony Lake, I guess there was some other little creek that uh, has a confluence with Eagle River. Um, but we found this little section after after fishing the main lake for a while you know we, we had gotten maybe like four a piece at this point we decided to go on the far side because we could see fish jumping everywhere and they were just kind of cruising the shallows kind of like you see in videos where people are uh fishing for cutties and alpine lakes they were cruising yeah. those shallows just waylaying everything um so i was using my tactical nymphing rod the zx4 pro from riverworks um catching a few we get to the other side of the lake and we start finding some actual current where there's little drop-offs and stuff like little ponds coming off the actual lake. So we found Creek like, uh, behavior in the water and they were going absolutely nuts back there. <laughs> it was every single cast, dude. Like I couldn't cast a fly in the water and not get hit. Absolutely wild. So, uh, that was really fun, but. I'm taking mental notes and I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to everything we've talked about for when I go up there now. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you go, man, holler at me. I want to go back up there. <laughs> just, is, just keep in mind, <laughs> go to Symphony Lake your, your last day. Don't, don't try <laughs> to hike up there and then try to go salmon fishing the next day. Cause it's, <laughs> it's going to hurt. <laughs> That's it's Alaska's a dream trip for me honestly like I would love to go up there and just spend a week doing nothing but fish and mm -hmm. I know my wife will have other plans if I ever go to Alaska and I won't get to just fish every day but you know I'll do what I can <laughs> it was kind of funny man um <laughs> like a day or two after I got back from Florida which was a, a week after I had left Alaska basically um 
<laughs> my aunt calls me and she's like, so guess what we caught in the creek behind the house? I was like, you did not catch dollies back there. And she was like, we caught dollies back there. <laughs> she was like, the water level came down and it cleared up a little bit. And I was like, dude, I'm going to have to come back later next year. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Speaking of Florida. So you reached out to me right after we got to Alaska or you got back from Alaska and mm-hmm. you're getting ready to head on this Florida trip. We talked briefly about it. You mentioned that you were primarily trying to do some saltwater fishing. Let's talk about Florida. Yeah. So, um, we were staying in Cocoa beach. Um, uh, I kind of struggled to find many places to fish besides the beach. That's really all I fished. Um, there was a few jetties around. I tried to go up to one and apparently it's closed off. You got to have special permits and stuff. But I talked to a guy at a local bait shop and he said it sucks anyways because they're dredging for those cruise ships. Um, he told me about some bridge that was nearby. I went to that bridge and drove up and down it for like an hour and a half. There's no parking besides one spot. And there was like a family playing on the dock there and a million guys putting in uh, jet skis. So I left and went back to the beach. But uh, I, I fished the beach probably, I don't know, another three or four times throughout the week. Um, in the surf, <laughs> I didn't really get the courage to use my Tenkara rod until um, like the last trip. Uh, so I was using my surf rod, my spinning rod, caught a bunch of croakers, uh, hardhead catfish. Um, I thought pompano but they were uh hermit and then i caught a nice little black drum but i got the phoenix rising out the last day i left the spinning rod in the car um (laughs) i i grinded for a while and finally got a little croaker and a little hardhead catfish with it but uh they were fun in the surf man it was it was a neat little fight with a tin car rod in the surf i'm sure that would be a little bit different than anything most of us have ever encountered you should have uh <laughs> if you're looking for courage with your tank car rod i don't know if you know who uh i think it's Derek. i think his last name is catch it he's out of pennsylvania he's the guy mm. that you'll see post pictures of the big steelhead and stuff that he's catching on the tank car rods but yeah he, he specifically went to oh we're what state was he in i forget he went to the beach though and his goal is to try to catch a shark on a tenkara rod yeah like i wasn't really worried about the fish themselves um it was just for one the wind was unbearable most days like to the point where it's it's blowing sand and seashells into your legs so hard it's like cutting your legs uh so that was a little discouraging. Um, I was afraid I wouldn't have enough weight. Uh, most of the time when I fished saltwater uh, with lures in the past or flies or whatever, I just had gotten nothing. So I was fishing with frozen shrimp most of the time. Well, when I finally busted the Tenkara rod out, I decided to take one of my little salmon flies that I'd gotten in Alaska. And... Uh, uh, okay, I cheated. Everyone's going to hate this. I cheated really bad. So I got my fly. 
I, I dropped it in the bag with all the frozen shrimp and shook it up so it kind of soaked up the shrimp juice. Then I took little pieces of the frozen shrimp and threaded it carefully on the hook. And uh, I was chucking that out with three split shot at the top. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I didn't care. You gotta I do don't what care you if gotta you guys do. like it or not. <laughs> if you don't like it, that's fine. I caught fish. <laughs> I mean, when I'm up in Idaho targeting sturgeon with Phoenix, it's <laughs> similar situation. I mean, I told you a little bit about it. There's a very certain way you have to set up your line in order to be legal to target the surgeon. And so, I mean, I'm using a circle hook. I'm using yeah. all this stuff. It's <laughs> like, man, I would never do this. But <laughs> I'm going to get a sturgeon on the Tenkara rod. It is going to happen. You can do it, man. I know you can. <laughs> it, it's going to happen. I've, I'm going back up there probably end of next month, and I'll be trying again while I'm there. But it's going to hey, happen. I, I just look at it as more of a, like KRU style. <laughs> oh, that's, that's exactly with, what it is. I mean, that's fishing with bait. It's all Tenkara, right? <laughs> just different um, styles of yeah. Tenkara. <laughs> so <laughs> I wouldn't worry too much about it, man. I I was just happy to catch some fish in the surf with my Phoenix Rising, even if they weren't substantial. Um, I was really hoping to get in another one of those drum, dude, because uh, it was a good. I mean, it wasn't even that big. It was like. 15, 16 inches or so. But it fought like hell on that spinning rod. And I was like, man, I really wish I had just been fishing the Phoenix Rising and hooked into this guy because that would have been such a fun fight on that thing. Oh, yeah. That would be incredible. I mean, I told you before your Florida trip, some bucket fish, bucket list fish for me. Snook, obviously, would be phenomenal on the Tenkara rod. Oh, Phoenix yeah. would be the perfect rod to attempt that with uh as well as i don't know if i would target them but i would love to catch a tarpon on one i just they're such oh, a powerful yeah. fish like there's a guy on instagram that um for a long time was catching tarpon on his tankara rods they weren't huge or anything but and he broke yeah. a lot of dragon tail shadow fires but he, he was catching <laughs> tarpon uh i'm trying to remember his handle it's like jpr fishing i think he's in uh, i want to say puerto rico i might be wrong um but yeah i'll yeah, have you to can catch some kind of stuff like that that sound like i said that those are both dream fish for me um another one that you had mentioned is oh what are they sea trout is that right speckled yeah trout. speckled, speckled yeah. trout uh redfish would be awesome Black drum would be awesome. Stook would be awesome. Tarpon would be scary, but awesome. Uh, <laughs> what else? Um, I know there's a couple more that are on my bucket list in general, but with a Tinkara, I would be awesome. Um, slipping my mind. Uh, maybe a Barracuda would be cool. <laughs> that would be intense. I mean, you watch all of these shows, fishing shows. I mean, at least I watch all these fishing shows. And you see these guys targeting all these different fish, and it's like, man, could you imagine, like, a stingray on a Tenkara rod? Like, the only Dude. way you're going to do it is throwing bait out there, but could you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> they suction themselves to the bottom, and you're just like, yeah. <laughs> No, but I actually, uh, 
this is kind of unrelated to my trips, but when I got back to Tennessee, uh, I, I went back on my hometown river, but I went up to the gorge section, uh, and I just, I was missing trout fishing and, and fishing my home river cause I hadn't in weeks or even almost a month. So, uh, I head up to the gorge. I'm catching a bunch of like eight, 10 inch rainbows. So, uh, all of a sudden I hook a fish under this big old boulder and, uh, I thought I was, I thought I had another little rainbow. So I just start trying to pull it back. Well, about jerks the rod out of my hands, but I wasn't expecting it, but I got a pretty nice brown. I don't know, like 19 inches or 18 or so really fun fight on the ZX four pro. And sadly I broke my river works rod. (laughs) My background's not going to let me, I was going to put the picture up for people to see, but, uh, I'll try to, at the end of this video, I'll do a, a little slideshow with the pictures that you've posted of uh, both your trips and, and that brown as well. Because, like, when people think, we've talked about it before, when people think Tenkara, they think small fish. They don't think these big fish that are being caught on these rods. And so it's yeah. cool to be able to look at those and see the difference that is available, like, or the different aspects that you can get into when Tenkara fishing. Yeah, you, you just got to have the right rod, the right line, uh, the right skills. Use your feet. That's like the biggest thing. You got to use your feet. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people will say, well, that's what a reel's for. It runs for you. <laughs> but it, it's not as fun, dude. Come on. <laughs> it's not as fun. Nice. It's not as challenging. There's just, there's so much more to me. Like, I in, I take more pride in my fish when I catch them on a Tenkara rod than, I mean, there's a few exceptions. Like when I caught my tiger muskie on a spinning rod, like I was dang proud of that fish. <laughs> oh, I, I would be too. <laughs> like that rod, it was uh, before I actually got into Tenkara and that fish took me, like they call muskie the fish of 10,000 casts and there's a reason for it. I, yeah. I was unemployed and spent literally every day for three months fishing, targeting tiger muskie. And it took oh, me man. three months to finally get it done. Dude, <laughs> that's dedication right there, man. Uh, but I'm not hating though. I, I think if you're, if you're catching fish, you're not doing it wrong. Um, if you want to use a reel, go for it. If you don't want to go for it. <laughs> Absolutely. No, and that's, you know, even Ruben and several other Wasatch guys or Dragon Tail guys, the owners of these companies will tell you, you know what, just get out and fish. Yeah. Ruben tells people all the time, like I do expos with them every now and then, and we'll be in an expo and he'll be like, if you want to throw a hook and a worm on the end of this and take it out to your community pond and target bluegill, by all means do it just get out and fish yeah for sure so that's that's the big thing that i've been trying to get across to people is you know with there's no right or wrong way like there everyone has their preferences but catch fish that's all that matters yeah i think if you're if you're just outside breathing fresh air who cares how you're doing it you know absolutely whether you're catching fish or just slapping the water with a fly. <laughs> We've all had the, our fair share of those trips. 
Hey, even if you're not fishing at all, man, if you're just hiking or if you're like yeah. me and you like foraging, I, I like to pick berries and mushrooms and stuff while I'm fishing. It's all, it's all one sport to me. So there you go. I mean, just get outside, enjoy it. I'm yeah, for sure. Outside right now and I'm sitting inside, but I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting in the middle of this beautiful stream. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Hey, I, I almost was because <laughs> I messed up the screens earlier. <laughs> yeah, we you tried pretty hard. I don't we we messed it up, but we got it back. <laughs> yeah. Well, shoot. Is there anything else that you can think of that you want to go over about it, either of your trips? Um, I don't know, man. I I told my uh, <laughs> I told my ridiculous fish stories that. <laughs> Some may or may not believe. So uh, I think that about covered it. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I don't have pictures of, if you have any pictures of grayling you want to send over to me, I can throw those uh, here at the end as well. But like I said, I'm yeah, going to throw up those videos so people have a little bit or easier time believing you at least. We'll have some photo evidence. <laughs> All uh, right, man. Uh, if you guys yeah. have any questions, reach out. Aaron, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, so uh, Appalachian underscore AF on Instagram. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, just Aaron Kerr, A-R-R-A-N-K-E-R-R. -R -R. Um, and then also you can go on Facebook and search for the group Fixed Line Freaks. Um, I'm a moderator in there, so I'm super active, always accepting people. And uh, if I usually look at common groups like tin car groups that people are in and that's how i kind of let people in and that's how i think nick the the founder does as well but uh if you're not in a tin car group or whatever um just message me and tell me you want to join the group and and learn about the style and uh I'll, I'll get you in there and we'll help you out awesome well thank you again aaron uh for those of you listening thanks for tuning in if you have any questions for myself, you can reach me on Instagram at Let's Talk Tenkara, or you can find me through my email at Let's Talk Tenkara at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out with any questions, recommendations for future episodes, or if you know someone that would be a good fit for the show to cover one of our 50 states or to talk about an awesome fishing trip that they had, reach out to me. Let me know. I'd love to talk to you guys and hear your suggestions for the show. Other than that, Aaron, thank you again for joining us. And uh, yeah, man. I'm sure the rate we're going, we're going to have you on several times in the future. <laughs> well, I don't know how many more big trips I can afford, but we'll see. <laughs> hey, even if it's just a couple times a year, right? At least you're getting out. Uh, I am hoping to go for muskie in a local river and maybe some striper. So uh, we'll see. Stay tuned. All right, Thanks guys. a lot, Aaron. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> See ya. This has been the Let's Talk Tenkara Podcasts. Hosted by Brendan Harden. You can reach us on Instagram at Let's Talk Tenkara. You can also shoot us an email at Let's Talk Tenkara at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out any suggestions for future episodes or if you or someone you know would like to be featured on the show or you think they'd be a good fit shoot us a message and we'll be 
happy to talk to you. Thank you for tuning in, and tune in next time, and let's talk Tenkara, a Salt Lake Tenkara production.